0: He's introduced you to great coffee. Congratulations! World's best cup of coffee. Great music. it win in a wrestling match. Lemmy or God? Lemmy. Ah, God. Wrong, Dick. Trick question. Lemmy is God. Great travel. That's the
1: dream. It's not the destination. It's the journey. All things to enrich your life. If you're good at what you do, people will recognize that. Now, he's ready to tackle... <laughs> ...itself.
0: Whoop-de-doo. What does it all mean?
1: With some great guests with even better life stories. Yes, even better than how he almost failed grades 2, 4, and 7. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. You're listening to the Brenton on Tour Lifecast. Here's BD. Welcome everybody to a very special edition of the Brenton on tour podcast. Uh, we are off coffee this week. I'm uh, back to the Brenton on tour podcast, uh, covering coffee, music, travel, and life as per normal, but, uh, very, very honored to have a, uh, a, a bass player from a great band that I've been a huge fan of for a very long time. Um, who's got a great story, just released a, a, an amazing, uh, new book. And, uh, I thought I wanted to get him on to talk about all of those things. Uh, currently live from Texas, it is Brian Wheat from the band Tesla. How are you, sir? Hey buddy, how you doing? I appreciate the time. I know you've been under some snow and some stress and a bunch of shit going on in Texas right now. So uh, any time well, that I get is great. So you,
0: thanks. You know, I left I left um, upstate New York for the Texas house for the winter. Right. Told Monique, I said, you know, we'll go there with the dogs, it'll be warmer. And we came here into the worst blizzard they ever had in a hundred years and it was zero here and it was 25 at my house in New York. So, so much for the warmer weather, right?
1: Right. That's why it it never, ever, ever fails to go like that when you think it's uh, greener on the other side. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I think the law of averages works out though yeah
0: yeah you know if i was betting i'd still bet that it was going to be warmer here in the in the winter which it always is It yeah. just it was one of those freak you know polar vortex things
1: you're a big victoria house guy so uh i mean i'm sure you're uh loving it there in Texas. They got bigger homes and everything there. So good stuff. I'm sure it'll work out. Um, hey, so I wanted to, uh, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, you got a new book uh, you've been talking about for a while. Uh, for a Tesla fan like myself, it's a great insight as to um, the process of the years. I, you dive into some really, really great stuff. And I really, uh, I really loved it. I thought it was really insightful. And for a fan, for sure, um, it definitely shined a light on some some timing uh uh, as the band and you know coming through all the different records and stuff and i and i thought it was uh, great it's a a great pickup Um, i wanted to ask you um when it comes to actually putting a book out um do you consider it like putting an album out or a single out this is a page of your life and then it moves on but i i'm I'm very curious about this uh, about about someone who wants to write a book like this what you
0: you know no you view it more i think like a documentary Sure. You know what I mean? Not not so much like a record, because, you know, with the record, you, you sit there and you go, you know, look, is this commercial enough? Is, you know, is this uh, going to be a radio single? You know, things like that. Um, You know, with, with this thing, I just, you know, I started this book about eight years ago. So, you know, some people say, oh, it's cool. You did this while you were down with COVID. It's like, no, it was done before COVID even came out. <laughs> I was working on the cover at that point. Um, so, you know, you just, you, you sit there and I I just turned 50 and I figured, well, I'm 50 years old. That's kind of a milestone in anyone's lives. And then you take, you know, the fact that, you know, I started Tesla with Frank when i was you know basically 18 so i figured enough time had gone by as far as with the band that there was a you know a body of of stuff to talk about you know that might interest somebody and um, it just so happened that you know i kept writing as as even though i started eight years ago i kept adding to it because you know years would go by and you know you would say well let's bring it up to here so with this book i stopped at covid you know i stopped with with kind of like covid coming in sure uh but you just you know you just look at your past and and you know i i knew i wanted to to make it a little bit different than your average you know rock and roll sex drugs and rock and roll mm. book and wanted to talk about you know, you know, since the book's my life story, I figured I'd well I'd tell you know things in the book that I actually have dealt with or still deal with or you know along with you know how I grew up, what my background was like, and then you know obviously you know how I viewed Tesla while we were making the records and kind of a chronological order of, of Tesla as well. So cu- it's kind of like two books. You know, it's it's not like the definitive Tesla book, because if Frank wrote a book or Jeff or Troy, you know, how they saw maybe the making of Bust a Nut or or you know Psychotic to Supper would be different than how I I saw it. And that's the beauty of it, is that, you know, it's just my personal view of you know how it all went down, and and you know my family, and how I grew up, and you know the el- some of my ailments and things I struggle with. So,
1: I, I I love how open you are in the book. I, you definitely don't uh, pull any punches either, <laughs> so it's it's good. You well, got people
0: it. will always I've tell been, you. I, love, when, I really love it when they talk about me. They say, "Well, Brian will give it to you. He'll, he'll give you the straight answer." You know, um, and it might not be the answer you want to hear. So then, the, the notes, though, me, did, you these notes? <laughs> did, did you have these notes?
1: Did you have these notes over the years, or do you just have a really great memory? Because you're you dive no, no in really notes. hard, especially on the mechanical resonance stuff and and that kind of time frame. It seems like it's just yeah. right
0: there all the time. Awesome. No, I just it's just how I remember it. You know what yeah. I mean? I I, uh, I never took notes. I never kept a journal or anything. I, I just I got a pretty good remember a pretty good memory. You know, yeah. and, and and those yeah. things, you know, they stood out, you know what I mean? Those were things that stood out. You know, there's they were, you know, when when you achieve uh, your dream to become a, you know, quote unquote, rock star or whatever you want to call it, you know, to be successful in the music business or whatever, it, it stands out. So you you remember it.
1: You really uh, one of the things I love about your story, just in general, which I I um I kind of paid attention to even more so um, probably mm-hmm. over the last couple of records and, and before was your involvement from a management side and taking that over which you you definitely clearly talk about in the book and mm-hmm. and the different management styles that uh, you you know were accustomed to leading into. Say taking it over, and um, I love the fact that you guys brought it back in house. You brought it back in house, you know, self-produced records for the most part. All the rest mm-hmm. of it, and still kind of kept true to the sound. Um, one of the I love how you referred to you guys as like the bad company of that time frame, like coming through, and everyone else was kind of hair metal this and da da da. But you guys were the workers, and I I think I really think that that deciphered you from all the bands. But mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about uh the image side of it and trying to be that working man woman band bad company style versus the uh you know the shiny kind of hairspray that was kind of going on at the time in the battle between becoming image versus having the music go out there because the two guitars that you guys had were so crucial to the sound, mm-hmm. the bottom end, the playing, the songwriting, the, just the feeling of your band was so different than everybody else. What kind of a struggle was that to kind of push through that?
0: You well, know, in the beginning, was a bit of a struggle because, you know, we were never really an image band. You know, we were like a bad company, you know, we were just about songs. And when, when we got signed to Geffen, they tried to, slick us up and you know there's a couple of photo sessions that you see where they did mm-hmm. our hair up and, and all that shit and it just didn't it didn't jive with who we were and at that point we kind of made a real conscious decision that you know we weren't going to do it so if it meant that we weren't going to be you know on the cover of magazines or on MTV as as much as a lot of those bands were mm-hmm. at the time we were fine with that. We said, we're going to stay true to what we are. And, you know, because we didn't know we're not good bullshit, you know? So that's the one thing about Tesla is we're not actors, mm-hmm. you know, we're I, musicians. I, I see what you got, which is great. One of so the we things- just, we just, you know, I mean, we just, we just, I mean, we got one magazine cover our whole career. Mm-hmm when that was Lawn Friend at Rip Magazine gave us their only cover. And, you know, we never owned the cover of Circus or Hit Parade or any of those, you know, rock mags. You know, and outside of um, Cowboy, Susie, Signs and Love Song, we didn't really get a whole lot of MTV play in comparison to Um, you know, all the, our contemporaries at the time. So, you know, where we made our mark was on radio Mm -hmm. because radio doesn't have a TV with it. You just hear the song while you're driving, you know, down the street in your car or you're playing, you know, frisbee in the summer in the park. And, you know, you hear this song and you go, oh, that's great. Turn it up. And, oh, that's Tesla. Okay, cool. They're coming. Let's go see them. And that's how we kind of made our career, was, was on radio rock. Uh, it wasn't on in like an image-based uh, format, you know, which, you know, we, we were never able to pull that off. Still can't to this day.
1: I, I do know, though, um, you, you know, you touch on the, the fact that you can do, you know, 2000 in every market, which is to me a career for everybody, which is awesome. You know, the people in all mm-hmm. these markets that love to hear it. Um, one of the things I loved about these um, records that you guys made um, just in general, which you touch on is obviously the different kinds of. Uh, textures that are going into it. You're, you know, you you touched on being uh, getting the Beatles record and the red and the blue and the difference between the two albums and the, and -hmm. the different, um, the different songwriting styles. And I love any band that has, you know, five or six songwriters in it that can bring different things to the table. Um, Mm -hmm. And you were that band, I think for a lot of us fans, uh, and this is just speaking in general, but I always knew on a Tesla record you were getting, Something like Song and Emotion, Miles Away, Earth Mover, these songs that were epic, seven minutes, whatever, that you could care less how long they went. And no one was doing that. You guys were probably the only band doing that. And I loved mm-hmm. it because it really brought the musicianship. I'm like, now look at these guys. I can't wait to see them live. You guys brought the jam into it, which is why um, I think. For me personally, when when Five Man Acoustical Jam came out, it was like, "Wow, now we get to see them in this kind of light live, uh, mm-hmm. bringing all of this stuff to the table that we as fans have have loved so long." Sure, there's the hits, but there's no possible way they're not going to go deep on this record, you know, and bring mm-hmm. in all their musicianship and the piano and all these different things. I love that about the band, and I and um, is that something that you guys, when songwriting, do you kind of go into it saying? <laughs> we're just going to write songs or it's like, Hey, our, our fans are expecting a song in emotion and a miles away and that side of it from us. And <laughs> that comes from Frank. That comes from you. I'm, I'm curious how, well, what, what the, goes the into the Tesla away
0: record and, 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 and stuff like song and emotion comes from Frank.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I, I'm the guy that I'm, tends to try to write more of the, the single kind right. of thing. But then having said that, you know, paradise was an album track that just became a, kind of epic, one of our epic songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Frank tends to usually, uh, you know, this epic pieces are really, you know, are in, in his wheelhouse. And he knows how to write a single as well. You know, I, I, I'm always, you know, because I'm such a Paul McCartney kind of guy, Yeah. you know, and a Beatle guy, I'm always trying to write, you know, the next let it be or something. You know, the perfect three and a half minute song. Um, but, you know, having said that, that, I have written some of this stuff. You know, Freedom Slaves was, was I, I, I had a heavy hand, and that wasn't a single. Mm-hmm. Flight to Nowhere, you know, uh, Making Magic, uh, you know, so things like that, you know, I can't stop on Psychotic Supper. Uh, you know but then again i re- call it what you want which is a straight up pop single mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's it's those kind of things um you know uh, then on like busting out i did try so hard which is a single but i also did the gate invited you know it was me trying to do some band on the run kind of thing right. i think i i didn't quite achieve it it's funny i look back at some of some of the songs i wrote and go what the fuck was i thinking um <laughs> But that's how you you write you know you know I say, look sometimes you got to write ten songs to get one great song you know uh, it you know but in in an answer to what you're saying is like yeah those kind of miles away you know earth mover uh, song and Emotion, those are all Frank those are Frank those are Frank you know that's his that's his thing you know he he definitely comes up with that stuff and you to answer the question, do we sit there and go, well, we need to write something like this. We just saw us try to make a well-balanced album.
1: Sure.
0: You know, I mean, you know, we always, you know, have, you know, kind of hit songs and then we always have kind of, you know, more epic, deeper kind of songs. So, it, you know, it just happens with all the records. I think the only record that really wasn't like that was maybe our last record shock, which we did with Phil Colin, which I think, you know, Phil was, he was the, um, you know, producer. And I think he was trying to get us to make a hysteria, you know what I mean? You know, 10 singles. Sure. So I think having done that and thinking, you know, talking about what you're saying, I think when we go into do the next record, you know, I know that we're going to do it on our own. Mm-hmm. Right. And it will probably be, be. The kind of record you're talking about are to have three or four of those big epic things and four single kind of things. And then four you know, a couple weird things, you know what I mean? Which do you uh, prefer
1: playing? What do you, what do you prefer playing live? You personally? All of them.
0: Yeah. Okay. You know, the ones that the crowd reacts to. Sure. It's no fun playing a song and everyone just goes,
1: that's a bad, that's a tough balance with the, the catalog you guys have.
0: <laughs> it's a tough yeah, it's balance tough. to satisfy so, everybody. One of, the <laughs> toughest, one of the toughest things we have to do is make the set list. Yeah. Cause there are so many records. I know. And so many songs and, and a lot of hit songs as well. So, you know, we don't do all the hits cause we'd have to play for two and a half hours, you know, or, you know, ra- our radio hits or, or whatever, not, you know, um, and so we, we balance it out, you know, Let's say it's 70, 30, you know, 70% of the hits. And then, you know, the deep stuff, 30% cause you gotta remember, I mean, a lot of the people are there for the, for the hits mm-hmm. and then, then there are people that are diehards, but you know, there may be 20% of the crowd if, if you're lucky so you want to please them but you also don't want to displease the people that are coming there wanting to hear you know all the songs they heard on the radio when they were a kid it's a hard it's a hard it's a fine line my friend
1: how are you uh you can talk about your ailments a bit in there in the book um how are you feeling overall how's your health right now coming out of covid were you, were you COVID safe did you catch it
0: at all or you, no, no, you it? It. Okay. no no i didn't catch it no no i i didn't get COVID. Um, you know, like everybody, I think I put on some weight because of COVID, which for me is not good. But, uh, but I'm all right. You know, I'm taking it off. Um, you know, as far as my mental health, you know, it's, it's depressing, man. I mean, sitting yesterday was a year ago. was the la- Yesterday was the last show I played. Hmm. So I haven't played a show in a year. And basically, you know, we've been unemployed in a year. Because, you know, Tesla is not uh, a wealthy band in terms of, you know, we're not that level of a Motley Crue or a Def Leppard or Guns N' Roses or a Metallica. You know, Tesla is a working band. Tesla earns their living by going out and working, playing 100 shows a year. You know, it's not, you know, we're not on one of those big live nation packages where, you know, Tesla's making $150 million Mm -hmm. for a summer in stadium. That's not, that's not us. You know, we don't, we don't have that luxury. So, you know, when you're sitting around unemployed and feeling useless because you don't have anything that you do that you normally do, you know, I've been, this is the first time in 20 years I've been home for a year. The last too, time I me sat too. On, <laughs> me too. It's you know, the time last I'm time I done. sat home for a year was two thousand I'm you know, nineteen ninety-six when we broke up mm-hmm. for those four years. And even then I had soul motor, so I was off trying to do other things. So this is like, you know, sitting on your hands. But I'm okay. You know what I mean? I'm doing okay. I'm not, you know. Look, I'm all right. You know, this too shall pass, as they say. Right. And we will get back to playing shows and and doing, you know, everything you touched,
1: else. You touched on um, mental health a bit and um, you started opening your eyes to a few things when you, you hung out with Cornell. Well, I and, met him one time. But just over the course of a time, you mentioned Cornell in the book and... Um, so sort of yeah. that that process um do you how do you feel about cornell overall in that scenario like i mean
0: well he- how i feel about cornell is i think he was a great talent mm-hmm. and and i was a huge fan of his yeah and like i said I, you know i only got to meet him one time and i i drove him around la with my friend ross ross was taking pictures of him and out of all the things that me and him could have talked about, mm-hmm. we struck up this conversation about anxiety attacks, which I had never heard anyone else in a band. You know, I that wasn't my usual rap with someone in the band sure. in, in a band. So that kind of took me back a little bit like, whoa, here's this, you know, this guy that's like superstar singer, you know, mega rock star. And he's suffering from anxiety attacks like I have been since I was 14. And we kind of, you know, knew what each other were talking about, which was kind of cool. You know, I never saw him again. or was able to speak to him again. And he, he died not too long after that. Um, so I didn't know how it affected him. For me, it was kind of like, it was kind of cool in the sense that, you know, someone else in a in a rock band goes through this. You know, I'm not the only one. And that's kind of why I wrote the book about, I talk about these things in the book, because I felt like, well, maybe there's a kid in Vancouver that's a Tesla fan right? that suffers from bad anxiety or depression. And if I say, look, you know, this is what I deal with, maybe you can, it, it'll help him or her, you know, whatever, if it's a girl and she's bulimic, you know, cause I talk about being bulimic at a certain time, which people think is exclusive to women and it's fucking not, um, uh, you know, I, I talk about all these things because I felt like, well, you know, maybe it'll help someone out there that, that has this, that is afraid to talk about it because all these things, whether it's, depression, anxiety, bulimia, any of these things, the best way to, to to combat it is to talk to somebody about it. When you isolate, you end up, you know, being like Karen Carpenter and dying or, mm-hmm. you know, Chris Cornell and taking your own life or Anthony Bourd- Bourdain, you mm-hmm. know, from depression and anxiety or, or you know, whatever. I mean, I, I used to, I never, could understand why someone how someone could kill themselves how depression could be so bad but i had about in canada last the last year when we toured when i was on tour with jeff leopard there that the anxiety i mean the the depression was so bad that i didn't contemplate killing myself but at that point i understood how someone could right how it could be yeah. that overwhelming um and you know i just made sure i hung around people you know what i mean hung around my 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 buddies on the crew or whatever you know and i I think the worst thing you can do is isolate
1: i think it's great that you wrote about it and i and i definitely um think it would open up some eyes i'm assuming that you've heard from other people in the, in your, you know, colleagues and peers that were like, man, I had no idea, but then I was going through it too, or
0: this or that. So hopefully it did help definitely. yeah. I I mean, I hear from fans, you know, I get, I get messages on my Facebook and stuff from fans, Mm -hmm. as far as other guys and other bands, I don't really have that many friends in bands. (laughs) Right. I mean, I have, I have Joe Elliott and Jimmy Page Mm -hmm. and John five those are the only guys that that I really talk to that are in bands, Uh, you know, outside of the guys in my band, you know, all my other friends or people, I, you know, hang out with socially or whatever. They're, they're other, you know, dudes, they do different shit. So, um, as far as Joe and Jimmy, no, I haven't talked to either one of them about anxiety or depression. It's just not something you talk about. Uh, or John five, you know, I, I, I talked to him about, you know, just how badass he is. Um, (laughs) It's uh, the
1: access you have to those three uh, (laughs) people must blow your mind. Sometimes just given the fact that, you know, you're already in a successful band, writing great songs and, and changing people just from your band and your bands and all the different things that you've done, producing bands, managing bands, you're, you have an impact yourself on, on a whole bunch of different, groups of people and different things, but then you've got access to three of three extremely influential people. Uh, you know, t- t- at any point, it must be a great, uh, great. Yeah,
0: food, no, it's, you know? it's cool. I mean, you know, and, yeah. and, 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 Jimmy and Joe are really my buddies, mm-hmm. you know, John, I, I met a couple years ago and we, we've kind of struck up a friendship and, and, you know, I call him, and he'll call me or, you know, we'll text each other and stuff. And, and, but that's it. Those are, you know, when I think about, well, how many guys in bands do I talk to? That's it. <laughs> you know, unless it's young bands I manage and produce. Sure. And then, you know, that's a different relationship. I really wouldn't say that they're my friends. They are, you know, I work with them, you know, or I'm trying to mentor them or guide them or whatever. So that's a different thing. So. Are you, um, are you finding
1: like stuff you like stuff that you listen to right now? on the radio if you know whatever's, some left. Stuff, yeah. whatever's left of radio
0: <laughs> like, yeah are you happy with
1: stuff. certain bands that are running with the rock flag because it seems to have taken a break but it seems to be coming back a little bit
0: yeah no there's there's some bands i like out there i, I was really happy to see my chemical romance get back together you know i, I think that they were a great rock band even though people want to call them, you know, emo or whatever, you know, whatever the fuck you want to call them. I don't care. They're a great. They're a great rock, man. Um, you know, I like Shine down, um, you, you know, um, Royal blood, I think is pretty cool. Uh, I like I, I like the struts cause I like pop songs.
1: There's so many new bands right now. I mean, I'm trying to catch up to them myself on the radio. So when, when we get in, we don't have rock radio in Canada anymore, so it's tough. You gotta kinda of find what where...
0: happened to rock radio in Listen, Canada.
1: The version of rock radio is is uh it's like radio in general up here. I mean, conglomerate, and then the album breaking thing that used to happen doesn't happen anymore. Now it's like a one-minute hit, say something funny and leave. And and I I haven't heard you know, no one's breaking, uh, at least in Vancouver and Toronto and some of these old stations that, like 97.7 and Q107, all these ones that you would know, or C Fox up here. Like, no one's playing anything new from bands that you know, that uh, like, you're like, you like, your, like your band or anything like that. that, that it's just not, it, it kind of falls, falls into like a different category. It's like, Oh, we're going to play like nineties retro. We're going to play this or that. And just gone or like that chance to break bands. And, and I just don't hear it. I don't even, I don't even pay attention to no, it. I'll tell you more.
0: what I do. like. I do like this new um, Wolfgang Van Halen's stuff. Yeah. I think, I think, I, I think, I think he's really cool. I think the kids got a lot of potential. I like, you know, I like the Foo Fighters. Like you said, I like Royal Blood. Um,
1: Any memories of Canada uh, that stick out to you? Toronto, um, particular gigs that you're like, ah, you know, this is.
0: Yeah, I mean, I remember playing, you know, the Toronto Baseball Stadium with Motley Crue, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um was that on girls girls uh, girls was that girls 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 or was no that... it was dr feel dr feel good yeah yeah that was pretty cool um you know i remember playing vancouver with def Leppard on hysteria tour and i remember um bon jovi came to the gig and angus and malcolm <laughs> because you know lots of guys were up there with fairburn making records right. back then Jeez, so uh both those cats you know, both those bands came to our gig. Um uh, remember playing Vancouver with Motley.
1: When I see you guys, I saw you guys last year with Poison and uh, Def <laughs> Leppard, I think was the last show I saw you play here. And then before that it was Commodore. You guys were doing the, the Commodore Ballroom with, uh, I think you did redid the um, five man where you're doing some acoustic stuff with everything else. It was a cool,
0: cool. Night. Yeah. Yeah. That was what, 2005 or something six like or that. Something. yeah it was great so. yeah 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 we haven't been up that way in, in a while well we're you know we water. were just we were there with leopard last year yeah I it was 2019 so
1: i was stoked to see yeah. it i was stoked to see it um yeah. i uh i wanted to ask you about italy for a minute um i love i love italy uh, why are there so many castles there brian North Italy down from the, from the, from, I was on a train from uh, Austria all the way down into North Italy, into Milan and stuff. And it was just castles on a hill. Do you own one of those in Tuscany or you got more of a, uh,
0: <laughs> no, I have more of a villa. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a castle. I love it there. I it, told you, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm working. I'm a working band. Well, I heard
1: you can buy the castles for very cheap though. <laughs> you just got to maintain.
0: <laughs> yeah. But they're all in disrepair. Yeah. Crazy. So um you know it's just cool there it's old man yeah. you know you got to think man that country's you know 3 4000 years old that's been there it's a beautiful you know place. you know and the castles were there to keep all the so they could see all the people coming at them Are you able to the go there? are you able to go there right now or no No they don't let me in the country No okay No I can't come to your country though either
1: And we can't even come into our country.
0: (laughs) If you leave our country, you got to
1: come back. You got to isolate. So it's not an easy thing to leave either. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, no, I can't go to Italy. I can't go to Canada.
1: Well, we wish you could, man. Um, I'd love to see a live show and see. I uh, love
0: to travel. So it's kind of, you know, I wish I could, you know, get on a plane and just, no, I think I can go to Mexico, you know, so you can go down there and get some sun if you wanted Mm -hmm. to, I think. But, uh, You know, like upstate New York, we're real close to Montreal where I live Yeah, and Toronto and can't go to either one. So hopefully, you know, that'll lighten up soon. I don't know.
1: Son of a Milkman ended uh, right at COVID. Uh, You did a bit of a, 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 wrote a little bit about it at the end as well. Uh, Starting on the new book, or I guess we got to wait for a new chapter of uh, a Tesla and Brian to start again to go. Cause I'm sure you got more
0: stories. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm going to do another book. I just don't know what it's going to be about yet.
1: Yeah. You I, know, I love the fact that you took, as I mentioned, uh, that you jumped back into management. I'd love to hear that story a lot as well. I'd love to uh, get a take from um, somebody who had to take the reins back, which you did. And I yeah, th- I no, thought you I drove it. take
0: them back. I thought, you, you know, it. and yeah. You know, I, I, maybe one day again, I will again, you never know. Um, you know.
1: Well, I'm uh, glad you did, man. Cause I really, as a fan, I was very happy that, um, someone was driving the ship and you guys are still putting out music. That's a band that, uh, I think all music fans, uh, in that genre that loved that time. And just love great songs. Super stoked to have you guys keep putting records out. I'm very
0: happy that uh, you continue. Well, we'll keep we'll keep doing it as long as you know we're able to. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, I, I don't see us. You know, I know everyone's itching to get back together and and play and and get back on the road. And with that, all those will come. You know, another record. But we just put out two in the last two years, so I I wouldn't expect one right away. Yeah, you know, but. In a couple of years you know we'll have a lot to say you know or at least enough to say in a record and uh you know i know jeff and frank have started to work on a couple of things me and frank have started to talk about you know okay should we fire this thing up and start writing because you know i haven't really been writing or anything and neither's frank frank's been producing young bands and working with young bands like i've been doing so we both been kind of focusing on that. And obviously I've been focusing on this book and then, you know, I got a bunch of soul motor stuff coming out after this book. I got about 26 songs Wow, that i really soul motor stuff that I've been working on over the last couple of years. So I want to get that out and get that off, you know, off my, my chest. And then, um, you know, we'll sit down in, um, you know, I started to think about some Tesla songs the other day, you know, oh, well, this could be a Tesla song. Or right. I'm one of those guys that I kind of sit down when there's a project like, okay, you got to write some songs for a new Tesla record coming up. Now, okay, I'll sit down and put together some stuff. I'm not like the guy that just sits around and writes songs all day. Have you written you know songs I mean, for
1: other bands? Can I? I don't know if I asked you that question. Or
0: I was. Like, uh, I've co-written with other bands, young bands, yeah. Yeah, but no, never written you know songs for for other people. Um, you know, I, I've never been asked, and I would, I certainly wouldn't say to somebody, "Oh, hey, I wrote this song. Here you go." Sure, I'd be a bit, you know, ostentatious. So. Uh, it no. Seems to be
1: a super creative time right now. Maybe it is. Maybe
0: it's opportunity. I don't know. That's yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. well, oh, you know what? You know what new music I'm really digging right now? There's this new record that came out about two months ago, and it went to number one, right? On the Billboard charts. And the guy's 78 years old. Who do you think that is? Uh,
1: I knew this the other day actually i knew the answer to this and it's on the tip of my tongue uh who the hell just put this that thing out at 78 um
0: and he was in the most famous band in the world the famous well the beatles obviously uh, the mccartney's, beatles, McCartney's exactly. record
1: i've got that record but uh yeah it's fantastic. that's the
0: record i'm talking there about mm-hmm. 78 years old paul mccartney number one
1: I, uh, and talk he keeps, about
0: a fucking career,
1: man. He keeps pushing it too um, sonically. I love it. The album sounds fantastic. It, it did, sounds
0: really contemporary, doesn't it? Oh
1: my God. And you know, it's funny when you listen to like the foos put a record out and there's so much McCartney on it and wings, like on like, especially this new record, um, and, and some of the stuff. And it's so amazing. It's like, I, I just love it. And McCartney just keeps, pushing the the agenda and keeps pushing the buttons and keeps putting out new albums. I don't know if anyone knows how many albums he's actually put out.
0: (laughs) He's put (laughs) put out loads of them, but the fact of the matter is that he's 78. Yeah. You know, you think about that when he started, he was 20. So for 58 years, he's been making records and number one records.
1: It just goes to show how desperate people are for some great stuff, man. It's awesome. Yeah I, it. yeah. I love it. I love it that he just keeps putting it out. And like, it's not, he's not mailing it in either. Like, I mean, he just no, put no, a record no. out a couple of years ago too.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he's no, no. He's, he's like, he's one of those guys that can't sit on his ass. You know, he's an inspiration to us all.
1: When did you so, see, have you seen him live recently?
0: A couple of years ago. You know, his voice is starting to go a little bit, but. You know, I tell people, what the fuck do you expect? He's 78 years old. You know, he still sings three hours a night at Mm -hmm. 78. You know, he don't phone it in, man. So he cracks once in a while. You know what? It's like your grandpa sitting with you. You cut the motherfucker some slack. He's 78 years old. Mm -hmm. He's the Beatle. He's the most important songwriter of, of our time. He'll go down with Beethoven. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I see I see him whenever I can. You know, um, I don't go to many concerts. I don't like going to concerts. Yeah. Because I play him myself mm-hmm. every day. You know what I mean? I never go, to, I t- never go to shows Less- on my
1: days off. <laughs> Unless certain bands are around. Then I'm like, I got yeah.
0: it. You know? Uh, you know what I did here the other day that I thought was really good? Was there's a brand new cheat Trick song now that uh-huh. I thought was really good. Yeah, you know, check it out on Spotify or wherever. Definitely, it was, it was really good. For I was like, "Whoa, that's killer!" Um, you know, I love it. I mean, wh- I love it when bands are,
1: are doing it. I I don't see the. Uh, I, I I say keep going, just keep going because the fans, as far as you know, you 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 love this McCartney put a record out, and you know, yeah. and everyone- could
0: you imagine if Freddie wouldn't have got AIDS? Oh my God. What would, what would Queen be doing today if Freddie wouldn't have gotten AIDS? Because I saw Queen live with Adam Lambert, and I wanted to hate it. Sure. And I loved it.
1: It was still there. I, I saw it. In... I mean, I
0: honestly, I wanted to hate it, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because I'm such a Freddie Mercury fanatic. Did you see and it? With Brian May is an acquaintance see, of mine. Did you right? see it
1: Paul Ro- with Paul Rogers or no?
0: No, I didn't, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. I heard it and I liked it. So Brian's an acquaintance of mine, right? Great. I wouldn't say he's a friend. We're an acquaintance and we speak through email and stuff. And, you know, uh, you know, he sent me one of his guitars, you know, one of those red specials and stuff. He and he knows I'm a huge, you know, for me it's Beatles, Queen, and 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 Zeppelin. Mm. And so he said, you've got, you know, come out." I said, I want to come out. I got to come out and see you play. So he invited me down to Vegas when they were playing Vegas. And then I took Frank, me and Frank went and, you know, you're just going, I'm going to hate this because it's not Freddie. And Adam Lambert came out. And after the first song, he just stopped. He said, look, everybody, let's just get one thing straight. I'm not trying to be Freddie Mercury. There was only one Freddie Mercury. Mm -hmm. I'm here to celebrate the man's music and sing his songs. Let's all have a great time. And from that moment on, he destroyed. I mean, you just went fuck. So you listen to Roger and Brian and they're fucking kicking ass. Right. Mm -hmm. And if Freddie wouldn't have got sick or would have got sick five years later, he'd still be alive you know, with, with AIDS, because, you know, now it's not a death sentence anymore. Um, you just imagine what would have Freddie been like at 70? Would he, would he still been able to, to deliver? Because he had the makings of an opera singer, you know, Pavarotti sang until he was, you know, whatever. Freddie could have been that kind of character.
1: I'm pretty sure. He's um, my favorite for, I mean, my favorite as far as vocally of all time.
0: Oh, he's the, he's the greatest. You know. I mean, people say, who's the greatest singer of all time? Is it Freddie Mercury? You know, you know, he's the, the most greatest front man, the greatest singer, amazing piano player. People forget how great a piano mm-hmm. player he is, or he was. And, you know, amazing songwriter. I mean, somebody loves a masterpiece. Everyone talks about Bohemian Rhapsody, right? But I prefer somebody to love, you know, beautiful song. Yeah. Yeah. So man, you know, I guess to sum it all up, dude, I'm just a big fan of music, period. I don't care. There's only two kinds of music, good and bad. And I don't care what genre it is or whatever, you know, I like a good, a good song and good performance.
1: Well, I can tell you, uh, you guys certainly, and um, you with what you're doing um, with everything that you're doing, I can tell that you're putting the effort into it to make sure that uh, you guys put some great stuff out and you put some great stuff out. Um, you've certainly got a lot of influences to pull that from, <laughs> you know, to, to try to do it. And I I, uh, I think it's great that um, you're flying the flag and, and moving it forward still and, and pushing ahead there's, I, I didn't even get into the nineties. I didn't even get into, you know, off of Cornell into that, that, that scene and what that was like for you uh, maybe another time down the road. If, uh, if you got some,
0: what? I can yeah. talk about it if you want.
1: Yeah. I wanted to, one of the questions I, 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 I had for you was um, coming through so many bands made some killer records in like 93, 94 that came out of that. You guys, you know, uh, bust a nut. And there was like, just all the i could list off the all the bands that kind of came through these uh, what i would deem as um killer records that got buried in the mix obviously through that that, mm-hmm. that grunge kind of time was there anim- any animosity from your not you your camp i'm guessing just in general it's like ah oh, man this is the way it's going. well no,
0: there wasn't any animosity we just couldn't figure out how a year before, a year and a half before, yeah. we were on the top of our game with Psychotic Supper.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then when we put out Bust a Nut, you know, people were saying we were over. And that, that was confusing to me. You know, it's like, well, what do you mean we're over? We just sold 700,000 records. Now, it was the first record we put out that didn't go platinum. Cause we had four straight platinum records Mm -hmm. or yeah, four Uh, mechanical, great radio, five man psychotic. Right. And those were all like multi-platinum records. So, you know, when, when busted up came out, you know, it, 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 it didn't get to platinum and you know there was rumblings around that we were going to be dropped by a record company and you know a record company obviously had nirvana so we you know we're like what the fuck you know mm-hmm. uh, that kind of threw us for a loop and put us i think it 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 the morale it, it it definitely hampered the morale of the band you know because you know we broke up not too long after that you know, obviously, we had some problems. Tommy wasn't in the band anymore. Mm-hmm. That was a big source of stress in the band. And and then continue on as a four-piece. And then this grunge thing and rumors of uh, us being dropped. All those things contributed to our extracurricular activities, which just fed the depression and anxiety even more to where that's what led to the breakup. Um but it wasn't really grunge that that broke us up. It wasn't oh you know sure I think I think you know we were just we were we needed a break. We'd been hitting it hard for 10 years. Tour album, tour album tour album. And you know, we were doing drugs and drinking. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, probably more, you know, I didn't even start doing drugs until Busting Nut. Wow. So that, that last That's tour. That's impressive,
1: given what was going on before that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I used to drink, but sure. I never really got into drugs. Mm-hmm. And then once Bustin' Nut came, I discovered, you know, cocaine and ecstasy and right. downers mm-hmm. and whatever else. So. You know, I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to party, you know, you know, and Frank decides he's going to get sober. Troy's been sober for a while. So now it's just me and Jeff. We're out there on our own. And, uh, you know, it's just all unraveled. Uh, and, you know, hindsight being 2020, it's a good thing it did because you still have a Tesla today. Because, you know, we found our way back. Do you, think, do you think
1: that that's going to help you now? Because I, I like, and I've heard this quote that COVID-19 is the new grunge. <laughs> like it's basically destroyed music yeah, careers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, destroyed yeah. music yeah I,
0: I, I think it's fucked with, you know, people's morale and psyche. And, you know, and since we went through this, we, were, we broke up. We've been through this. Mm-hmm. We kind of know that there's light at the end of the tunnel and we know that what we do together is special. And I think Tesla will be okay. We'll Mm -hmm. come back and be stronger for it. Even though it sucks right now, we will be stronger for it because we've, we've endured something that has been almost, you know, we were off for four. Yeah came back and came back and came back, and came back strong
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know we came back made into the now which was one of our best records ever so agree and you nor know do i know. want to
1: rip down on grunge from a standpoint of ruining a genre outside of the fact that everyone just shifted that just seemed everyone
0: was like okay yeah, we're gonna, well, sh- we're gonna mean, shift you know,
1: now to this and there's so much great stuff out of there that's a-
0: i mean really was it that different not really It was different in the sense that it was Mm anti-image. So just like Trump was anti-Obama and Obama was anti-Bush, grunge was anti-image. Right. Right. But it was still rock music. 100%. I think there was a lot more tuning down. You know what I mean? The instruments were tuned down. With grunge, you know, um, it was darker, but it was still rock music and it was still melodic. If you listen to to Nirvana or Soundgarden or Stone Temple Pilots or Alice in Change, all who came out in that grunge era, who I guess you would consider grunge bands. To me, they're just rock bands, mm-hmm. right? But what? they all had melody. So it wasn't like oh. it was, you know, but it was just anti-image. It was anti-MTV. Oh. But they were all over fucking MTV. Yes, they were the they new were. image.
1: Yeah, that's yes, they were. You know,
0: no image was the new image. We were too early. We were ahead of our time. Right? Had we came out with no image at that time, maybe we would have been like, the runners, but was, oh, <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, I it can, was. I can tell and, you that. And we, you don't know. You now I'm glad to grab that quote and say that I said we were going to be the next Nirvana.
1: on it. <laughs> We won't run with that. That's all good. No, I can tell you Blabber all the musician guys me. that I know from that time. I know you and I have a mutual friend with Brent Fitz and Todd like uh, Todd Kearns and some of these guys. Everyone loves what Tesla brought to the table. There's not one person I know in the in the industry, for all the bands that I tour with, from pop to, I mean, even... Friggin' Nuno played with Rihanna. Everyone loves the players from that time and what they brought to the... As, as far as I'm concerned, the people that brought the music to the table are super respected still within that realm. I'm not talking about the... You know, there's hits. Everyone had hits, and sure, but the guys that pushed the agenda to really force the fan and the force the listener to love the band for every single part of what was going on, not just yeah. the fancy lead guitar player and whatever. It was like, you... You guys, and, and uh, there's only a handful of bands that, that that would do it, but you guys really push that agenda to have the music go above all else, and I think it's served you well, and I think it will continue to serve you well because I have not heard anybody, whether it be pop, metal, rock, anything, say anything bad about Tesla. It's always what a fucking band, well,
0: what you. a That's fucking nice. band,
1: and I and I just think That's it's a byproduct true. of what you have brought to the table as a band. The uh, just in general as songwriters, you've touched on all of that from the standpoint of like what where you draw your influence from, and those are all workhorse bands. Every single one of them are workhorse bands, including mm-hmm. your buddy Paul who just went number one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, workhorse,
0: workhorse. my buddy Paul.
1: It's amazing.
0: Yeah, now if we could get my buddy Jimmy to play, but that won't happen. Yeah, down the road. Uh, um, awesome. Yeah, man. man. Awesome, yeah, no, I mean you know. I
1: really appreciate well, cool, the time, buddy. today, buddy. I really appreciate the time today. I know.
0: Uh, yeah, it's nice talking with
1: you, man. I had a nice time. Um, tell everybody where they can find you online and uh, and what you're up well, to. Well, you
0: can find me online at Brian Wheat Facebook. Uh, you know, there's my personal page, and then there's a fan page. There's TeslaTheBand.com. You know, there's Brian Wheat Instagram. There's Tesla The Band Instagram. Between those two, you can find out what either I'm doing or Tesla's doing. And obviously there's Frank Cannon Instagram. And I don't know if Jeff's, Jeff's not really a social media guy. There's Dave Root Instagram, Hmm. you know, between you get, you know, you can always find out there's always, you know, stuff you can find the book at, you know, Barnes and Noble, uh, Amazon, you know, bookstores, anywhere they sell books or, you know, online books, you know, be it Amazon or at Barnes Noble, uh, whatever. Um, and you know, hopefully, we'll see everybody out there soon playing. Hopefully, sometime this summer. I agree. You know, we'll get out there, I get agree. out there and play again. You know,
1: everybody, do yourself so, a favor and pick up Brian's book. Um, fantastic read, great insight into <coughs> such an amazing time i still consider an amazing time in music and and coming through management i mean you had massive management you had all these great things great stuff uh highly recommended read and uh just do yourself a favor check out everything tesla everything brian um and uh just get educated it's awesome stuff man i really appreciate the time brian
0: all right man take care
1: buddy okay enjoy the day Uh Man, That was a lot of fun. Thanks to Brian again for coming on the show to talk all about Son of a Milkman. It is the Brenton on Tour Lifecast this week. Yeah, yeah. You know, we did a little switch up from coffee just to, you know, change things up a bit. Great story. Brought to you by my friends at Blue Microphones. Thanks for the Blue Yeti X, the Mixify Headphones really really awesome of you guys to uh, to hook me up with that if you're thinking about starting a podcast or doing something in that realm I highly recommend it I don't know about you but when I tune into shitty audio on a podcast I'm out so hopefully you're still in anyways that was my guest Brian Weed of the rock band Tesla love that band one of my favorites and hopefully soon to be one of yours it's the Brenton On Tour Lifecast thanks for tuning in folks we'll see you next week Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co host Dave Vail. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside.